Hello, my family, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have an extra special guest for you guys. My man Joseph Rosendo is a six-time Emmy-winning television travel host, in addition to winning 45 telly awards. I know him from my antenna days watching PBS because that's all my parents used to let us watch. And if you weren't watching PBS back in the day, you were probably watching Beavis and Butthead from your crib because your parents were way too lenient and you were probably spoiled rotten. Joseph is most known for his television series Travel Scope, again on PBS. Joseph is most known for ending every one of his episodes of Travel Scope with a famous Mark Twain quote. Joseph, how are you doing today? And that quote is, travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness, and I'm doing fine. And by the way, I can update you. We have 47 uh, uh, tellies now. They just just announced uh, some additional tellies in our favor. So that's, uh, we're real excited. Perfect. 47 Telly Awards. That is amazing. Truly an inspiration. Um, And you were born in Miami, correct? I was born in Miami uh, a while ago, a long time ago. And uh, but I moved to California uh, in 1968. And I've been here ever since. And that was a very uh, momentous move for me for many reasons. Uh, One of them being because I came out to um, get my master's at uh, UCLA. And in theater. And uh, I was an actor at that time. And I was cast in a USO show that UCLA was doing to the European Command. Mm. Uh, We were there to entertain uh, troops who were there at that time. You may remember that the Vietnam War was in full swing. And a lot of our uh, military were going to Germany and spending the on their way to Vietnam. So it was a very um, a significant time for lots of us, but it was very significant for me because being in Europe for the first time at 23 years old, I, um, I, my eyes were opened. I really looked around and said, how long has this been going on? And how can I be a part of this experience about traveling around the world? So that really is where it all began for me. So traveling to Germany, it was probably Frankfurt, I imagine, right? Or where was the base? I traveled all over. We uh, For two months, we entertained troops all over Germany. Uh, we started in Kaiserslautern, actually. But we were in um, Cologne. We were in uh, small towns. We were in Munich. We were in Frankfurt, yes. And we were all over Germany. We were in small um, outposts where we didn't even have... We were about? doing a play, uh, you know... A, 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 the condensed, we we're doing a condensed yeah. version of how to succeed in business without really trying, which is uh, recently had a uh, revival on Broadway. It's a musical comedy. And um, some places that we entertain, uh, their stage was so small. They were so remote and the stage was so small that we uh, couldn't perform the play. We had we had a, a little variety show that we would do to for the, the guys uh, instead. So that was uh, it was a wonderful experience um, doing the entertaining the troops and supporting uh, the our men in uh, on the way to Vietnam. And it was also a fantastic experience being in Europe because at the end of the two months that we 
performed in Europe, uh, we were all allowed to go on our own. And uh, we had two weeks where we could run around Europe and see as much of it as we could in two weeks. And that was really eye-opening. I hopped a train and went all over as far as I could go, as quickly as I could go, and saw as much as I could see. And uh, I, a lot of my dreams came true of seeing places. And But that really did begin my idea that someday I wanted to do this in some way, have travel be a part of my life more than as a vacationer, because Definitely. I felt that this kind of an experience is something everyone should have, because you get to you get to see people. Uh, you get to see how much like other people we are. Uh, nobody's really foreign except, you know, for language and culture. Uh, but all we all believe and want the same things and strive for the same things. And that really opened up my eyes. And I really thought this is an experience that can make a difference in the world. And being a part of this in a journalistic way would be um uh, a way that I can be part of making a difference and being a, a force for good wherever we could. Is that when you felt that um, Mark Twain quote kind of in your own life that travels fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and inner minders was it was that like the point where you where you felt like your mind opened up from kind of being raised in Miami, living in California, and then when you see Europe and you see like all these this whole other world, you know, of people who speak totally different languages and have different cultures, eat different food. Is that, you know, did you feel a change? Was there a transformation amongst within Joseph? Did you have like an existential existential experience? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Totally. Uh, it became clear to me that things people had said back home about those people over there uh, would uh, was completely false, that those people are just like us. Mm -hmm. And as Mark Twain says, travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness. It opens up your head. It opens up your heart. And uh, you start to uh, change your mind about uh, people and places. And um, and, and that was uh, new in my life because I always... I always was open to that. I'm, you know, I'm a child of the '60s, so I, I, I was, ca I'm caught up in the, I'm still caught up in the idea that uh, we can make a difference in this flower world power and all that. by our, by our individual actions. Uh, flower power has always been a way that people who didn't, who don't, who didn't ever agreed with the '60s movement, like mm -hmm. to talk it down. So they say flower power because it, it sounds seems to be very uh, superficial. But that never was what the uh, 60s movement was about. It was about people uh, uh, opening up their heads to po new possibilities and opening up their hearts to other people. And that was the basic reason behind it and feeling uh, a sense of being able to change things and make a difference. And, and we did make a difference and continued. And those that generation continues to make a difference. And uh, that's what um, that's the truth of the 60s. The uh, but mm -hmm. there's always been a um, uh, there's been a group of people and and a certain kind of ideology who has tried to make less of that movement. But there's really no way to do it. History has been made, and uh, the '60s generation did make a difference and did change things Definitely. in this country and saved a lot of people's lives, considering how much it was important in, in stopping the war in Vietnam. Yeah, that was a big. That was very iconic. The um, you know, the anti-war protests and. Right. And, and of, of that nature. And um, right. we definitely benefit. I mean, I'm a millennial and I feel like I benefit from the 60s movement in terms of kind of racial awareness, cultural awareness, political awareness. And it, we're almost a continuation of that kind of walking in your footsteps. 
um, we very much are uh, kind of like, you know, replicas, not replicas, but just like, you know, torchbearers in that way, especially when it comes to travel channels, travel shows and, and that type of, um, you know, content creation where we see a lot of people on YouTube now doing exactly what you did um, years, years before um, and kind of introducing the idea in a way, in a sense of global travel through PBS. And that's what we grew up on. And we saw. So, how do you, how do you feel about this whole movement of people kind of taking cameras into their own hands and and doing what um you know people like you, people like Rick Steves, people like Anthony Bourdain go out and just traveling and documenting their travels and, and stuff of that nature? Do you feel kind of proud, like a proud grandpa looking down on them? Well, I think it's uh, wonderful. Yes, and I certainly look at millennials as not only car- as carrying the torch, certainly, uh, and, and, and even, uh, you know, find, uh, bur- making the torch burn brighter. I certainly look to them to be able to do that, to, to take, to take the ideas that we began or in the sixties and pass and carry it on because that, that those kinds of ideas are good forever. I mean, in, in essence, I was picking up the ideas from other people. That's, I mean, Mark Twain, uh, you know, travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow mindedness. I was living it. I was going to prove that that uh, quote was a reality. And in my life and in my viewers' life, I think we've done a good job of showing them how it is a reality. And certainly, so the millennials picking up the theme from us, uh, us of, of our generation, and moving it forward is all a long line of this idea will never die because it's a truth. And so I'm really excited about that. And the fact that people have more, have more of an option of, of showing other people and sharing their experiences um, is great. Because you know it took us a, a long time to get to a place where we were had the uh, opportunity to share our experience. I did a radio show for twenty three years. I was a travel writer uh, solely for about five or six, and then I said, "Well, I can never make a living being just a travel writer at at the rate at the rate we're being paid for our travel stories and photography. I need to do something else." So I, I started a travel radio show, which evo- after twenty years eventually became the television show. Once I met my wife Julie, and together we were able to make it into a a, a television show. And we I owe everything to her input in uh, in our in our in our in our work, but. Um, yeah, so that that we took us a long time to get to a place, and it cost a lot of money to uh, get to a place where we could share our experiences and share our ideals and share our ideas and uh, share what we believed. And uh, nowadays, like you say, people with a you know an iPhone and a, a small camera or whatever they have can uh, can get their ideas and and hope and hopefully find a following where they can get it out. Yeah and share uh, those ideas. I hope that they're sharing the ideas that you and I are talking about instead of some of the other stuff that I also see on YouTube, which is... Definitely want to be culturally sensitive. Like, well, Travelscope was very, if, you know, all of you who watch Travelscope know that, you know, it was a very culturally sensitive show. Joseph went in there with the people, ate with the people. What You were a very approachable person and you have a very approachable personality, which is why I loved your show in comparison to a lot of the other travel shows. Oh, thank you. You're, thank you. You're, you're a very lovable guy. You have it. Very, it emanates. Well, it emanates. Well, you know, um, 
I'm, I'm trying to connect. I'm trying to get people to relax and share with me their stories. And I've been fortunate over the 40 something years that I've been a travel writer, I've gotten people to share their stories with me so that I could share them with my viewers and readers and listeners. And, um, and that, that, that's, that's the goal. And, you know, like when people tell me they have problems in countries, I mean, I'm, I'm really uh, get a little bit, get very irritated when people tell me how all oh, the French are, you know, that old, saw it's been going on for decades the french are rude well they're not rude if you're not rude one and if you expect to come to a foreign country and not even try to speak their language you can expect people not to be very welcoming to you or at least treat you in a certain off hands-off kind of way or with a distance the more you try the more it's their country first of all so the more you try to fit into their country and respect their their culture and their traditions and 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 their taboos and try to speak their language as little as you can that people will respond to that and that's you know that's square one thinking but you know there's still people who run around expect expect that the whole world is American and everybody speaks English and if they don't they're just <laughs> pretending that they don't and they don't really try to to reach people on a human level but it's, it's easy to do. And I've just taken that and, and uh, made a television show out of it because uh, uh, I, that was my goal is to make a difference in the world, to really change the world. I mean, it's no, no small mission. Uh, and we, we from the beginning, we thought, well, here's our job. Our job is to show people things, to bring people together, to build bridges instead of walls and to bring people together and to make the world as good a place as we can for the time that we're here and the opportunity we've gotten. And thank God for American public television and PBS. They're Definitely. kind of the guardians of quality television. And thank God that they gave us the opportunity Definitely. to, um, to do that. So it's, you know, it's just a, it's just a, we're, we feel very blessed to have the opportunity to, to share the, you know, this wonderful world that has such wonders in it with our viewers and they seem to yeah. respond. And you, you've mentioned that. I mean, you're one, you're one of our viewers and, and you're responding the way that a lot of my viewers do. You know, they, they, they go to, they go on Instagram, they go on uh, Twitter, they go on Facebook, uh, they email us, they give us, they call us up. And over the course of the, 11 seasons. This is our 11th season of Joseph Rosendo's Travel Scope that's going to start airing in August around the country. Um, you know, we have had wonderful, wonderful responses from people. So we know we're doing the right thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, you opened my eyes. I mean, like I said, I didn't grow up. Most people didn't grow up with cable that I knew. Um, cable was definitely, when I was growing up, a very lavish thing. It was, you know, if you it was either your parents didn't want you watch cable because they were very stringent or they just, it was just too expensive. And um, that's one of the things I saw, you know, being able to watch SpongeBob and stuff was considered a sign of the bourgeoisie when I was in high school. So or I was in middle, sorry, <laughs> in middle school. So PBS is what we grew up on. I remember my dad, it was a professor. Um, he would get us these uh, Nova, the Nova DVDs. And we just watched like, documentaries and we right. just, PBS was the only station where we had free range of what we could watch and what we couldn't watch. But it was, and good quality television always has had, always has offered that wonderful quality educational and entertaining television. And um, they continue to do so. And in fact, PBS has a channel called Create. It was created by American Public Television in conjunction with the station in 
um, PBS station in Boston, and together they've created Create. And Create is the station that has all the PBS shows that are basically lifestyle shows, travel, cooking, mm -hmm. how-to kind of shows. And that is a cable a channel now that people can get. And a lot of people watches on that. And uh, a lot of people watches still. Everybody, everybody yeah. gets PBS. It's public television. As, as long as we still got it. And I know there are powers that be and there are elements in this country who keep trying to take it away from us trying to take the funding out from under it so it can't survive uh, because they don't like that it's there. But uh, thank God we still have that. And it's still um, it's still free for everyone. Anyone who has a television can get PBS. It's your God-given right. Seriously. Um, and I always recommend people, if you can, donate. Donate to public TV. Donate to NPR stations that run on kind of uh, – you know, public funding and, and make sure that they keep going and doing what they do. Because honestly, without PBS, I feel like a lot of the, the channels we do get, it's just like a cesspool of, of, of God knows what. And, um, you know, we, you want to be able to put on your TV and, you know, learn a little something about Zimbabwe or, or Tunisia, or, you know, go on a trip because, you know, people are out doing it, they're, they're photographing it and they're videotaping it. And, and we can benefit from that with people like people like Joseph. But there's also one question I want to ask you. Why do you feel like sure. um, well, one thing I noticed is I noticed that Europeans are a lot more open to world travel than the general American population. That's something I've noticed. Well, well, first of all, Europe's a lot smaller. So they get within a short, they've always gotten within a short distance, a completely different culture, different languages, different cultures, different way of life. They don't, they, I mean, you can, uh, you know, you travel from California to Florida, that's 3,000 miles. By that time, you're all th you're through Europe and into Asia. Uh, so uh, they have the – it's like going from California to Arizona, and, and it's a completely different country with different languages and different um, different ways of living. Uh, you know, we get that a bit and when we, and, uh, where we are in California. We can go down to Mexico, and we have a, a, a different way of life. Uh, they're very fairly uh, reasonably close to us, but in Europe, all the Europeans are within easy reach of a completely different world, and that's that's a tremendous advantage to them. And so, traveling and knowing other languages—I mean, how many Europeans do you know that know only one language? I mean, Americans know mm -hmm. majority of us only know one language. Uh, some of us are knowing Spanish now, and you know there are other languages. Fortunately, people coming into the country who are making it necessary for us to have other other language skills. But Europeans all had to learn language. They had to learn French. They had to learn German. They had to learn English. They had to learn everybody else's language in order to communicate and to do business and to live life and to travel. And, and so they had the wonderful opportunity to do that. And so that, in turn, has made them... Open, more open and generally more open to other people and more open to other cultures and more and, and have they've dealt better than we have in many regards to the diversity that's that's been thrust upon them uh, you know there's a lot of people that are reflecting some of the mood in our country and in Europe and um, you know re resisting uh, immigrants and resisting people from other countries and um and using some of the same, uh, same thinking and same, uh, same kind of, of words, uh, 
to 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 convey a, a, a separation instead of a, a coming together. But generally, Europeans have always been more uh, diverse. European countries, they've always had to uh, learn at, about other people, and that's what makes them better travelers. Um, you know, they, they they realize that when they go to a country, they have to be that country. It's, you want to be a part of that country as much as you can. You know, it's difficult for us if you don't speak the language. And um, But I've my travels, people are, you show an interest in them, and they're always willing to share with you their life and to educate you about the way it is for them and, and, to, and to welcome you in and to invite you in so you can have a genuine, people want you to have a genuine experience. I mean, I, I'm here in the United States. When I have people come and visit me in, in Topanga, mm-hmm. I want them to know what it is to live in Topanga. I want them to know what it is to be an, an American. I don't. I don't want them to have these their stereotypes and their prejudice against us, or to lump us Definitely. all in with everybody and that they read about in the paper. I want them to know who we are, and I'm very. And it's very important to me that they are educated about yeah. who we are because then they see me in a different light and we can have a different kind of relationship because I don't want to have a relationship with somebody who is looking at me thinking that I'm just like the guy they mm-hmm. met uh, in you know Alabama or New York or someplace else. I want them to know that I live in Topanga, I live in California, and I am who I am. I'm, a, uh, uh, I'm an American and I am an individual American and I want to show them about me. And I found that wherever I go. All you got to do is show interest. And people want to teach you. And people are thrilled when you show an interest in what they do and what they do. People love to talk about themselves. All you have to do is show an interest in them. And they'll gladly tell you who they are, what their life is like, and, their, and what their trials and tribulations are. Everybody's going through the same thing. Everybody's trying to make it. Exactly. It doesn't matter which country you're in, it's, it's the same. We're all, we all have the same story. It's just different different kind of brands. That's all it is. It's all, uh, we're all mayonnaise. It's just different, you know, there's Hellman's and there's great value and there's uh, the generic brands and we're all the same at the end of the day. And um, yeah. And what you said, like when you, when people, people open up to you and that's actually one of the reasons why I started this podcast is I was traveling in Mexico and I was in Cancun and one thing about Cancun, as you probably know, is uh, um, it's very touristy. So there's this over by the playa, it's all these like, you know, all inclusive resorts and where people just want to go and they want to feel like they're in Mexico, but also not in Mexico, where they have all the amenities of, you know, the Holiday Inn or the Marriott, but they're, they're not really kind of dealing with the people. So I intentionally stayed in downtown Cancun, which isn't on the recommended Fabulous. list, but um Mm-hmm. I stayed there. I stayed at a hotel, which was really shabby. There was exposed wires. I loved it. It was, it was amazing. Um, there was like a sink in the middle of the room. I was like, this is, this is, this is real. And then um, I was, uh, I, the, the people didn't know any, Sp- any English in the hotel. So I learned Spanish for that week and it was amazing. And, and that's one of the reasons I, uh, I, I did that. I learned, I connected with the local people in the neighborhood. It was a very residential neighborhood. I, from every background, every walk of life, I spoke to prostitutes. I spoke to the drivers. I spoke to everybody, and and those are the people that are going to give you the best recommendations for restaurants or, ta- or uh, you know where to go, or what to do, how to get where, what bus to take. So that's definitely that's something people should do. Yeah, 
That's great. That's you have to be fearless. You mm-hmm. have to be fearless when you travel, and you were, and that's fabulous. You know, you think of all the wonderful experiences you had. That those, the people that stay in the hotels on Cancun along the beach and only, only, only look at their the Mexicans there as servers mm-hmm. and servants, and and only hang out with Americans or hang out with other, uh, you know, Anglo's and sit and drink margaritas and go to the beach. I mean, if that's an experience you want to have, that's fine. That's not the reason I travel. I don't normally travel to go lay on a beach. I travel to uh, have an experience that makes me larger than I was when I got there. And I don't mean eating pastries in France. I mean uh, learning about people and and I come back bigger, augmented. My life is bigger. I'm a. I know more. I'm. I'm. I'm a better person, and I have more to offer here. And in my life, in my daily life, than I had before I went. And that's what I travel for. And you did a, that's, I commend you on doing that. That's exactly the way you have to travel. And, you know, we were talking about generational things and how much alike. I mean, you have to remember that before the, the, the kids of the sixties were traveling by backpacks and on, and by themselves in Europe and, um, and, Mm. and congregating and, you know, and making a few bucks go a long way. People were traveling uh, by tour. Americans were seeing Europe by tour bus. It was, uh, you know, if it's Tuesday, it must be Belgium. And they were having that through the glass experience with these different cultures. Yeah, they saw the landmarks. They got to click, check them all off their list. The Eiffel Tower, mm-hmm. the Arc de Triomphe. At that time, they got to see the Notre Dame before it was burnt. And they got to go through all. That's great that they got to do all that. But. But as far as being in a culture and having what the, the the best thing you can get from the culture, they completely messed up. That's one of the reasons I love uh, the experience I had in India, because there are some places that you can travel like Cancun and you could be anywhere or you could be nowhere. You could be at home. You just, you know, everybody's around you is Anglo. Everybody who's, who's, uh, Who's, who's from the country is your servant and you're running around and that's what you're doing. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're doing that experience. Gallivanting. Yeah. Right. I like, uh, India because there's no way that you can walk out of the door of your hotel in India without having India grab you by the throat and thrash <laughs> you around a bit. And you, and I like to say that in three blocks in India, you'll have 33 things happen to you that never happened to you in your life. You know? <laughs> You will see, smell, hear, feel, you know, 33 different things, all sorts of things you've never had happen to you before in your life. And that's why I travel. I, I travel to come back with something I've never experienced before. And, you know, and as we get older, we want a little bit of comforts as well. So it's nice to... It's nice to have a nice hotels and nice to have a nice thing to go back to. It's nice to, you know, people now are doing river cruises uh, where the, you know, the, the hotels basically come in with you. That's all great. But if you're not getting out and meeting people and doing some things, uh, and, and fortunately now these days, they've gotten the idea to tour companies and they're offering what they call authentic experiences to their tour passengers. So it's not if it's Tuesday, it must be Belgium anymore. You have time to go off on your own and explore. They set up kinds of experiences that offer introduce you to the culture. So they've gotten the message that the people who are traveling now and the, the people who are affording things like 
you know, river cruises are of my generation, but your generation as well. The people who are traveling now and going on any kind of tour want to have yeah. an authentic experience in the destination. They don't just want to look at it from afar. They don't want to be observers. That's and that's, that's, that's a good thing. So, yeah, I, I, I commend you on the way you, you saw the problem with Cancun. And I've always felt that about Cancun. And you went to the center of town where the people actually live. Mm-hmm, the residential. That's spots, what you got to do. You know, I learned, go, exactly. Hey, even if you want to stay out there on where the hotels and the bars are and the clubs are, great. You've got to sometime on your travel, go into the center of Cancun and walk down the streets and see how the people who live there, who serve you, are living and how they live. And you need to have that be part of your experience. Just like I wouldn't advise somebody come to Los Angeles and just go to Beverly Hills. I would advise them to go to some the places in Los Angeles where people, uh, other people live too. So they have a better, more rounded view of what a Los Angelino is. It's not just the Hollywood guys and it's not just the people in Beverly Hills. It's people all over Los Angeles, you know, of every color, of every, of every race, of every creed. In Los Angeles, we have we speak over a hundred different languages in, a, in Los wow, Angeles. A hundred different that. languages are spoken here, and there are bigger populations of some countries here than in their capital cities. Mm-hmm. So that's the city that you're coming to. And if you miss that, if you go on the uh, the Stars Home <laughs> tour, tour and you walk down Hollywood Boulevard, yeah, if you do that, then yeah, that's that's the experience you're going to have in Los Angeles. But you just missed your opportunity to really get to go to, you know, little Tokyo, to get to go to little Vietnam, to go to little Thailand, you know, little Thai town and, and to go into Watts and some of the other places where there's a real, real cultural differences. I know people are afraid and people are easily fear. People are easily made afraid. And in fact, that's how many of us and uh, are controlled mm-hmm. by uh, the powers that be is by scaring us, scaring us about each other, scaring us about our neighbors, scaring us about people of different colors and different uh, beliefs. And that's how they control us. So if we give up our fear, well, we open up our, our minds and our hearts and we have the kind of uh, experiences that that are valuable to us and that we'll have for the rest of our life we'll never lose those definitely where's where's one place that you never thought you'd end up traveling and you actually did end up going there and you loved it and it totally erased all your pre-assumptions or pre pre preconceived notions that you were told back in the u.s or wherever well, I would, you know, I guess one of the most exotic places we've been to is Papua New Guinea. And we were in the mm-hmm. highlands of Papua New Guinea and then also on the river. And we had the opportunity to um, hang out a bit with the uh, the local um, tribal people. Uh, also, Ethiopia I was down in the south in Ethiopia. And um, that was a place I never thought I'd go. And uh, and and there it, it's it's prehistoric in many ways. So these are these are places that were uh, I never thought that I would uh, have the opportunity to go. And then, of course, 
anything that you learn in a place where you have so little information about is going to destroy any kind of prejudice or bigotry or narrow mindedness you have about a place. Uh, when you when you go to places you have no knowledge about, you can read about it. You know, read about it in books, and I do as a lot of research before we do our shows, of course, and I also do it even for my own travel. Uh, I like to know as much as I can because I, I don't want to miss anything. I want to know what to look for, and I don't want to offend anybody. So I know what I want to know yeah. what to do. So yeah, so I would say Papua New Guinea, uh, the highlands, and, and the river people uh, along the Papua New Guinea. There's so many different tribes. Um, they so many things that so many culture, uh, so many customs and traditions that are so opposite from uh, what uh, we are familiar with. And and then I and then I would also say uh, the places in Africa. Africa is a wonderful um, experience, and we've been fortunate enough to have traveled in parts of Africa. Not we're way way off part of uh, knowing Africa well. We traveled in Ethiopia, and we've um, I was in Egypt, and then we traveled um, uh, down in in Rwanda, and we in, in South Africa, mm. and also uh, Mozambique. So we have uh, a few places in Africa that we've covered. All of those experiences have been amazing, eye-opening, uh, life-changing. And, um, you know, that's why I travel. I travel to change my life. I travel life. Travel yeah. should be life-changing. You know, it's like, uh, you know, Bob Dylan said, uh, it don't take much brains to know that if you don't change, you die. And I think that was, uh, I took that to heart. And so the idea of welcoming change and being and, and as a traveler going to places where, where which can change you can change you dramatically uh, emotionally mm -hmm. and, and intellectually and philosophically. Yeah. Uh, this is what you want. This is what you need to be looking for. And you know, and doing even doing doing what you did, which to people may seem, oh my God, you you went to the center of town and you stayed in a ratty hotel, and my God, you know you you know wow. You know, that so okay, that wasn't yeah. really gigantic thing for you to do. I think it was immense for you to be in an environment like Cancun and to make that choice. That's an amazing choice for you to have made. Exactly. And it also reduces your, you know, eco footprint and all that. And you're not using as much resources as, you know, you probably would be in those big old resorts. But I love that you went exactly. to Africa. And um, I say that because I'm actually Sudanese. And uh, I don't know if you, you're yeah. in Sudan, but you're always welcome to come and they'd love to have you. There's a growing tourist thing there that's starting to emerge. Right. But um, I noticed that a lot of travels that go to Africa only go to South Africa and Morocco. That's like the combo. And um, I love that you went to the interior, like places mm. like Rwanda, where people are like, oh, my God, you, did you see Hotel Rwanda? Like, you know, everybody has these notions of certain countries in Africa. But, but I'm so happy that the door is being opened. And I remember you were actually one of the few travelers that actually entered um africa africa and i say that i mean interior the interior of africa yes we, instead of yeah we were very we we're very fortunate to have the opportunity and you know we went to rwanda to look Ooh. at look at mountain gorillas it's the only one of the silverbacks? few places in the world you can see mountain gorillas like, were they silverbacks or huh silverback gorillas or Oh, the silverbacks and their family. You know, every family of gorillas have silverbacks. And in Rwanda, in the Virunga Mountains, they have there are six, uh, six or seven now acclimatized or uh, acclimatized groups that are acclimatized to, to human beings. So, uh, excuse me, habituated to human beings, and so they will allow you to be in their presence, and they they take 
they're, you're very restricted. You can't get within 21 feet of them. You're only there for an hour. And you're with a guide, of course, who is, uh, is who's keeping you under control more than them. And uh, you're, you're able to participate with them. And we have a show on Rwanda where we visited the mountain gorillas. It's absolutely stunning. But what was amazing to us, uh, over and above the mountain gorillas, which is, of course, something to go for, was the people of Rwanda and their story of what their comeback from the 1994 genocide, which killed almost a million people in uh, in 90 days. And so it was uh, an amazing experience to go there and witness how they dealt with that amazing uh, revolution and tragedy and how they've recovered from it and what they've done to recover from that. And, you know, and, and it's in, and here was something that was really a learning experience for me because one of the ways that they handled the fact that there were Hutus and Tutsis, and of course the Hutus attacked the Tutsis with machetes, killed almost a million people. Um, then, uh, then they said, "Well, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to have no Hutus and Tutsis. Everybody's a Rwandan, so let's work on that. And then we're going to um, bring people together by having one day out of every month wow. where everyone in the country is involved in community work." So there is some kind of project that ev- that everyone in the country is involved in community work because their knowledge is very it was very simple thing for them to come up to with which was brilliant that building community is the way you keep from killing your everybody the way you keep your if you can't hate your if you don't if you know your neighbor Sometimes you may feel like killing him, but if you know your neighbor, you you really are most likely not to be able to go to war with, against them, and that's that's the case in Rwanda. That was a, a so they said we all come together, we're all working for one purpose, and then we're going to also then sit down and talk about some of the uh, the village problems and, the, and some of the issues. Um, you know, like the, when I was there, they were, they were this, the topic was the, the woman's place in the village and what a woman, you know, and uh, what uh, how how women were treated uh, in, in the society. And in uh, Rwanda, the majority of the people in power in Rwanda now are women. Wow. They did that, too. They figured out the way we'll stay out of war here is get all these men out of here. And so <laughs> the majority of the of the of the people in power in Rwanda are women. Wow. So that was that was an, a wonderful experience. We went for the gorillas, and we came back with a story that was much better to tell, much much more important to tell. And that was, you came back with a blueprint that we could that the whole world could probably use, especially during these times. We could you know? certainly use it. We could use it definitely I in the U.S. Back, we came back to Topanga, and uh, another guy and I started what we call the Topanga Canyon Boulevard Trash Warriors. And uh, Topanga Canyon Boulevard runs through Topanga, Topanga Canyon, starts at the beach, the PCH, and it goes to Ventura Boulevard in the valley out here. It's about 11 mile stretch. And we said, and it was being neglected. And so we said, we're going to take this street back. We're going to, it comes through our neighborhood. So we're going to, we're going to say, we're going to call it our main street and we're going to clean it up. And we're going to start the Topanga Canyon Boulevard Trash Warriors. And I, that was directly connected to what I had learned in Rwanda, that if you want to build community and if you want to build a country that's united, let them all work together for a common purpose. And that, and that common purpose is 
a, a community work and each community decides what that work will be, whether it's planting trees along the bank of a river to keep the erosion from going away or whether it's building, rebuilding a wall that has fallen down. You know, whatever the project is, every, all, all hands on board working for the same thing and you, you form bonds and you form community that and community is the basis to everything. The problem with our country in my opinion, mm-hmm. is that we have people that are interested in dividing and separating us in order to control us. And so what they, we've done is broken apart all these communities. And we've broken apart our common community. And we've made us into a bunch of little bitty communities around where we can all have our own little ideas, our own little thoughts, and our own favorite whatevers. And, and not have, not have to take anybody else into consideration. And that's one of the problems I have with media. That's what's one of the, one of the strengths of YouTube, actually, and the things you were talking about and what millennials are doing is they're bringing their thoughts and their ideas to a large audience. Exactly. And, uh, one of the problems I have with media is because now there's a media for whatever taste, whatever you like, you can have 24 hours of the same thing and you don't have to ever take into consideration somebody else's idea or point of view or who they are. You don't even have to care that they exist because you have one one media source that's just hammering it to you, whatever it is your particular brand of, of belief in politics happens to be. And that's not good. Selective hearing. Yeah, that's it's not. It. I remember Europe, uh, we used to get this channel on satellite TV. Uh, I think it was Euro News. And they had a segment called, um, it was just the news, but it was silent. So they showed you footage of different things that were going on, you know, maybe like in Europe or a protest, but there was no commentary. And I feel like that was so powerful because they were kind of letting you develop your own opinions based on what you saw and not feeding you so much, um, you know, rhetoric or opinions, which is really cool. I don't know if they still do that, but it was, it might've been called silent news or something, but it was, it was a really interesting concept and exactly kind of goes back to what you were saying where um, we're kind of just being fed one source and people are just using it as a menu where it's selective attention or selective hearing where you're looking for things that already validate your opinions. Well, Rutgers, uh, not Rutgers, uh, Reuters. Reuters uh, has a section, if you watch the news and uh, we go, we have Reuters on our Apple TV. And so when we watch it, uh, they do have a section at the end where they just show you pictures. Mm -hmm. They just show you pictures of different things. They do caption them, but they don't caption them with any one way or the other. They just capture them. This happened, and you get to look at it. So it's a little bit uh, what you're talking about is it, 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 giving you the image and letting you make your decision. One thing I wanted to say also, uh, uh, I want to make sure that in our conversation I got out, since we're talking about, you know, you talk to a young audience oh, yeah. and people who are striving and thriving and and trying to have their make their dreams come true. I want to in my in, when I was beginning uh, to figure out how I was going to become a travel writer and, and how how to make a living at it and and, and how I was going to be able to travel for a, a living. Um, I came across a quote from uh, Henry da- David Thoreau, and it's, it's a simple quote. It basically says, "If one advances confidently in the direction of their dreams and endeavors to live the life they have imagined." They will have a success undreamt of in common hours. Wow. And that was it. If one advances confidently in the direction of their dreams and endeavors, which means you have to do something. You can't just dream. You have to actually do something to make your dream come true. So if every day you endeavor to make your dream come true 
by doing something in the ballpark. If one endeavors to, you know, to make their dream come, they will have a success undreamt of in common hours. And the reason that happens is because when you set that action in motion, the universe moves to make that work for you. Exactly. Manifestation. You say this is what you want, like your radio show, your, your podcast. You say this is what you want. And you move to make it happen. And then things that you would have least thought would have ever happened start to happen. People you meet, uh, opportunities open up, doors open up, ideas come into your head. I mean, I decided to do the television show after doing the radio show for 23 years. I was driving to the station and I was in the middle of a divorce and I had traveled with my wife. So there was two of us and I was really feeling down and pretty much destroyed that we were separating and I was going to go back to traveling by myself. And that that camaraderie and that 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 sense of support that I had was going to lose. And I was just driving down the road and idea popped into my head. Why don't you do a television show? Wow. And I said, what? And I said, what? What's that? How can I do that? And they said, oh, you know, surely there's somebody in the world who will travel with you because you have this spot. When you travel, you have two people. They'll come with you. And surely there's somebody who loves travel enough and has the equipment and the and is in the middle of building their talent that they'll come with you and they'll help you do this. And so I began the process of asking around for different people and I interviewed people and I even went on a trip with one and some of them worked out and some of them didn't. But ultimately I've, I've met the right guy who was had the right attitude and had the equipment. It just turned out and it was, was beginning his, his career as a cinematographer. And he said, yeah, I said, I don't have any money to pay you, but I have some of the greatest experiences you're ever going to have in your life. And if and if we make money along the way, you know, by doing this, we'll uh, we'll we'll share it. And so that's the way we did it for five years. And it wasn't. Then I met my wife. This is during Travel Scope, right? This this I was the, the radio show was called Travel Scope, and I was doing videos. And we were do we would do mm -hmm. short videos, we would do long videos, and he was doing his job, and I was doing my radio show. I would do both. In fact, on our travels, I do my radio show uh, interviewing, and I and we just then I just turn around and we and we do a little uh, seg we do a segment, or I talk about what we were doing, and we'd film it. And over the course of the five years. Um, we put enough together that when I met my wife, another opportunity that happened, I was in San Antonio, Texas doing a radio show and, you know, she was running the event that I was covering. And from that, and I gave her a DVD of our TV shows that we were, our, what we thought was going to be a TV show. And she, uh, didn't look at it, but later she did. <laughs> and, uh, together we formed, uh, we formed a, a, a alliance that allowed us to do what we've done. But that was just out of the blue that happened. But I remember consciously making the decision. This is what I open myself up to. And if one advances confidently in the direction of their dreams and attempts to live the, and endeavors, endeavors the word, to live the life they have imagined, they will have a success undreamt of in common hours. And believe me, I would have never dreamt of this. I dreamt of it, but I never would have thought it would have happened. Wow. And here it is. But I, I, I envisioned it, but it happened. And other people would have never thought I would, I would be, I'd be where I am today, for sure. That's amazing. So you never imagined yourself winning an Emmy or even two Emmys? 
No, six. Wow. We have six. six. Emmys. Oh, my God. Correction. Yeah, yeah, and I have four myself. I mean, you know, that was my, you know, my, and all the, the the universe moves to the minute you put the intention out there that that's what you want and you endeavor to do it. You can't just sit around and dream about things. You have to make the actions and the universe moves to make yeah. things happen to you. And you'll have a success, like he says, undreamt of in common hours. So that quote really resonates with me because one thing I talk about on my podcast is my journey to starting the podcast was. I was horribly, miserably depressed in a corporate job for about a year. And I got the idea, kind of like how you got the idea for to you know start a, uh, a show um, to start this podcast. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to, and I just quit my job. I quit my job on the spot. And then the next day I just went about all the equipment I needed from the money I saved working the job. And, and then from there, and then everything just unfolds. Each episode unfolds. And, and then I get Joseph Rosendo on the show. And then who knows who's next? And then Joseph Rosendo comes back. And it's like that. You can't. I think maybe with our generation, a lot of time, we want to see everything laid out. We want to know, okay, this step, that step, we want it all, you know, in a step-by-step kind of menu or recipe type scenario. But it's very, you just kind of have to ride the wave. You got to know how to ride the wave and just each project, each step kind of gives birth to the next. It midwifes the next in a sense. Yeah. And you got to realize that it takes, it, it takes time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, talk, we, we are in, we're living in a society that everything has to happen right now. You have to have it right now. It's immediate gratification. So, you know, I, I was a travel writer for five years, uh, only traveling, writing travel. And then I started the radio show. I did that for 23 and a half years. And now I've done the television show for 11 years. It took a long time from that, that idea in 1969 being in Europe and saying, I want to have a life, a career in travel to figuring out exactly what I was going to do and then doing something for a long time, thinking that was the solution to my problem. And uh, that means I'm not the solution to the problem. That was the way to get my dream and then have other things present themselves. Took a long time. And it may. What was your initial plan, though? What was what, what did young Joseph in Miami want to do with his life? Oh, when I was in Miami as a young, young, young man, I was supposed to be a baseball player. So, baseball but, then, player. but then I was an actor. And then when I got into high school, I um, my my sisters had done some some shows in theater when they were in high school. I had one sister who really should have and could have been professional, but she chose to get married and have kids instead. And and I um, in high school was bitten by the theater bug and and I followed I pursued a, a career in theater uh all through uh, in my time in high school but definitely in college and uh came out to UCLA as I mentioned to get my MFA in theater and continued to train here in Los Angeles and you know go out on interviews and and try to get jobs and I got some jobs but you know it was it was, it was never as uh as successful as I hoped to have been at it um, but it laid the groundwork for everything that came afterwards. It didn't exactly turn out exactly the way I thought, but it, but something better presented itself. And that was this whole thing when I was, when I, I could go on a shoot, I could go do a radio show. I could do a radio show because I had all this training as an actor and all this, all this, uh, all this years and years of developing those talents. And then I could go on a shoot and do my radio show and also do a television show because I had all that training and all that experience behind me as an actor. I knew how to do that. It was not a mystery to me. I could do it. And so, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't become a world famous actor on motion pictures and television, but 
here I am doing something like that on, you know, and, and in a, in a, in a, better environment as far as I'm concerned. Definitely. Uh, I don't think, uh, you know, I, I, I am absolutely totally blessed and my wife and I have the greatest life. And uh, as I said, my wife is um, an integral part of what we do. She's the producer of the show. She's the reason we have a television show. And um, she's, uh, we both have this magnificent life and it's a lot of work. It's extremely hard. And, um, it's, it takes a lot of patience and we, we, it's, and we work together, which takes even additional patience, but, um, it's the success and the, the payoff has been extraordinary. Um, so yeah, so this is, but it's so they have, people need to realize that it can take time and may not exactly materialize in exactly the way that you saw it, yeah. but it, it will be good and it will be what is right for you. Yeah. And I think that anybody listening who is in a crappy corporate job, please use Joseph as an example and follow those passions and dreams and just be patient with it. And then, and hopefully, you know, it'll, it, it will, it will manifest. Not hopefully it will. You got to be positive like that. Well, I, I think, I think you need to be congratulated on what you've developed and the decisions you've made and the life that you're leading because you're making a step every day to live a life to worth living. And that's, and for us to continue and for all of us to continue to walk on that path is really important. Is it all right if I give out uh, like our website address and things like that, if people are interested? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Shout, I'll actually link it. I'll link it for you too. Yeah, so. well, great. Cause you know, uh, our Twitter account is, and our, our um, Instagram account is at Joseph Rosendo and our Facebook uh, you can reach us at uh, facebook.com forward slash Travelscope. And then we have our Travelscope website, Travelscope.net, where your listeners can follow our travels. That's what we're going to be. That's what we're doing. And, you yeah. know, we have a hundred over 130 shows, which that, which are available on Amazon for people at very reasonably low prices. If you're prime video, some of them are included. And, uh, and, and we're, you know, so, and you can certainly go to our website and get information on how to contact us. And we're happy to speak with people. And if there's something that they'd like to own one of our DVDs, we can certainly sell them that as well. But, Definitely and we have tours know. that we do. We got a tour We're we're going to be part of a, a river cruise to uh, France, to the wine country in France, and people can get that information on our website, travelscope.net as well. That's amazing. That's awesome. And I also noticed you're doing some footage in Canada. Um, is there some Canadian um, episodes coming out? Well, yes. In fact, in season 11, we are we shot in Ottawa and along the Rideau Canal, which is a, a UNESCO World Heritage Site. It's about 125 miles. It starts in Ottawa and ends in Kingston on the St. Lawrence River. Uh, wonderful little villages and um, uh, just beautiful scenery. We were there in the fall and, and, and the show will be coming out as part of season 11 is our Ottawa in Rideau Canal show. And we have quite a few shows in, uh, in Canada. I love Canada. Yeah. I love Canadians. They're uh, wonderful, wonderful people, uh, generous and open and, and positive. Very. I have a very good Canadian friend, uh, Hiba and Ahmed, they were on my podcast before and they kind of do something similar to what you do, but kind of on an Instagram level, they travel and they, they live in Calgary. And if you've ever been there, it's beautiful. It's, they, their backyard is all mountains. Yep, I've been again. We've got, we've got uh, I think we have like uh, 10, I think we have 10 shows on Canada and we cover 
pretty much the whole country from east to west. We've uh, we've been in British Columbia. We've been in, as you mentioned, in Calgary and uh, in, in in Alberta, which is where Calgary is, and Banff and Lake Louise, the great national parks. And uh, we've done a lot in the east, in Toronto, and along in the wine country. And we've done a lot in Ontario, Canada. We did one season. We did six shows. In Ontario, Canada, that's wow. how big Ontario, Canada is. And as diverse it is, we were able to do six shows. We did Toronto, we did the central counties, we did the western counties, the eastern counties, we did Thousand Islands, and, and we did Sault Ste. Marie. So we did- Is that where the dressing's from? Is, is the dressing actually from Thousand Island? Or- it actually is. Wow. It actually is. <laughs> it was. Yes, exactly. And we actually, in this segment of the show, we make Thousand Island dressing. <laughs> in thousand islands so it was yeah it's great that's a thousand times a thousand right there a thousand yeah. and a thousand so i noticed you travel overseas a lot and you eat a lot of local foods uh you know um i my people i got the reputation of having an iron stomach i don't but i have the reputation for that and uh, i've been fortunate to be able to try lots of different foods you know i, I kind of watch what i do and, and most important thing mm-hmm. is the the cleanliness of the foods you're eating and you need to kind of scope that out uh, water is the best thing for people to oh you know in, in, mo- in several in some countries uh, the, the unfortunately you know it's one of the tragedies of our world is there are people difficult for them to have clean healthy water uh, in so many places in the world um, and uh, so yes so being careful about brushing your teeth with the water local water or you know drinking uh, drink eating foods that are washed in water people sometimes don't think about that like Salads, is probably, and stuff like that salads well. are probably not a good thing. Fruits that you can pe- peel are normally pretty good. But so, you know, so uh, generally speaking, I have, I've, I've never had any real problems. And I do like to try the local cuisine and try the local, um, uh, you know, try, try, the, try the local uh, specialties. The delicacies of the nations of the, we were always told when we would go to Sudan, um, our parents would tell us never to eat the street food. And that was like a thing that they grew up with. And, um, but the street food's like always the best food. But like, that was the thing I remember. We would never eat the street food. And if you ever did eat it, you would probably regret it for like a couple days. Yeah, I know. Yes, that's true. And that's because probably it was washed in, uh, in water. And that's, it's not, the food is probably okay. But if it, it was something like, something like you would get in a market and, you know, it also, you know, sometimes, you know, People come to the United States and get get sick. They get they get stomach ailments here in the United States. People because we have a different bacteria that we're basically eating on a regular basis. That's part of our culture. You know, a lot of our a lot of the bacteria are taken out of our our water, and a lot of things are stripped out. In other cultures, they have a lot more than they come here and they they their bacteria isn't in you know they they are having a they're they're eating in an environment that they're not used to and they get sick so it's also just being in a place where uh you know where it's just a different place and the foods just have are just different and that can get you sick and you know i always love people who go to mexico and you know tell me how they got sick it's you know it's like famous people go to Mexico and get sick. I'm always, my next question is how many margaritas did you have before you got sick? <laughs> you know, I think, you, you know, you have to take that in consideration because that maybe is what got you sick. It was probably the mar- the water in the margarita. Yeah, it was probably the tequila in the margarita. The tequila in the margarita was. <laughs> yeah, the tequila is probably the bottom. 
that's definitely yeah something you have to look out for when you're traveling and um yeah so what's one thing um just kind of to wrap it up a little bit what's w- one place sure. uh you would recommend everybody go if you want to be like a world traveler in that sense if you want to be like a world traveler so I, well then I, would, then I would send people to south america yeah. or to africa if you're traveling in places in south america south america is a wonderful resource for us here in the united states wonderful resource uh you know a lot of people avoid it and a lot of negative thing coming out of our our government about countries in south america mm-hmm. you know and it, it really disgusts me uh some of the and also in africa and it really disgusts me the way countries have been it, uh, where you have uh, the way countries have been characterized uh by some people and um but south america is a wonderful resource for us here in, in the united states it's there it's Wonderful different cultures. It's not all the same, um, and every wonderful traditions and cultures and uh, history. Um, archaeo- the archaeology is amazing. Uh, the sites are amazing. The natural sites are amazing. We did a show on the on the uh, Peruvian Amazon, and uh, uh, we did uh, a show also um, in, um, we did several shows in Chile. We went to Easter Island, which is not obviously right there on the, on the continent of South America, but is part of Chile. And we were also in Chile itself up in the Atacama desert and down in Santiago. And just, mm-hmm. uh, I, there's so much more I'd like to do in South America. This is, we were in Tierra de Fuego. We went around Cape Horn, a lot of different kinds of experiences available with people for whatever you is your interest no matter how much money you have, uh, there are things that you can do and have constantly a wonderful uh, uh, cultural experience and meet people who are open and, and, and friendly and, and welcoming and and will greet you with open arms. I mean, you may not want Definitely. I was embarrassed to be American when I was down in New Mexico because people were so nice despite the rhetoric coming out of our country. Yes. Um, I was like, I, w- I almost wanted to apologize to everybody. <laughs> yes. I spent a lot of time apologizing. I spent a lot of time apologizing. I spent, I've, I've, I spent a lot of time. And, and you're right, uh, particularly Mexico, uh, the, the warmest, most hardworking people in the world. Uh, I don't know what to say. When people have, you know, when things that have been said about them by people in the, in the highest offices of our country is just makes me embarrassed to be an American uh, because uh, this, this is the most wonderful, welcoming, uh, warm hearted, uh, hard working people, uh, you know, people who don't, you know, people. People who their poverty doesn't kill them, doesn't destroy them. Even when you see that, they, I mean, they, they they rise above all of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there are there are bad eggs everywhere, and you know, and mostly their their government is a difficulty. It's been corrupt for many many years, and 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 taken from the people. But the people's attitude, in spite of all of that, I mean, they put up with things. People put up with things in this world that we wouldn't spend a minute. We wouldn't be, we'd crush, we'd be crushed under and we wouldn't be able to spend five minutes living with. Uh, it's amazing what people put. People have to walk two miles to get water, clean water. Uh, people who live without any real shelter, people who live without any medical help. I mean, you just travel the world and if you don't respect 
the rest of the, the people that live in this world, your fellow man, uh, you're, you must be dead because immediately the thing that you get is respect for the, the rest of humanity. And, and you're, and if you're proud about being everything, well, you may be apologizing for some things, but one thing you're proud of is being a human being because there are so many wonderful human beings in this world. So many that go through so much that it's, it's, it's an eye opening experience. And I, and I, and I, it's it's a it's a recipe. It's my prescription to anyone who's feeling down is to travel, and that's my recipe. That's definitely my my own personal catharsis is traveling. Whether it's like get in, a, I mean, get America is huge. If you can't afford to go international, just get a rental car, go to I don't know Iowa, just explore Iowa for a little bit. I've done that before. I mean, I've driven to Iowa, and it's um it's it's actually pretty cheap if you return the car where you pick it up. It's not that bad. Yeah, sure is. So highly recommended. Um, thank you very much, uh, Joseph. We loved having you. We'd love to have you here again anytime. You're actually an honorary card holder now, so the door is wide open. Uh, you can <laughs> come in whenever you Fabulous. want. Um, we like to crown you. So my my followers and my fans and and, and whatnot they're called the uh, the family. We're the family all together. So we want to crown you Papa Fun Fun of the Ferris of them all of the podcast. You are now Papa Fun Fun, and you are honorary come and come and go when you when you please no problem and um just to wrap it up yeah you know what I'm you earned that title you're in that title back in our minds back in 2006 we just finally have the opportunity to tell you and, and we're able to get you to come on the podcast and, and and honor you with that title so and i'm honored to be on it i really appreciate it and, and, and you're doing such a great job and keep doing it Thank you so much. And shout out to to Joseph and Julie, your wife, and um, also the uh, the beautiful antennas that brought us your signal. Um, I used to actually hook up, I used to actually put tinfoil on our antenna to make the signal a lot stronger. So that's actually advice. If anybody has an antenna, you can put some tinfoil on it and it'll increase good the signal. Yeah. And um, just end, yeah. if you mind, uh, if you don't mind ending the show with your famous quote. No problem. Travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow mindedness. Yeah. Happy traveling. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Joseph. Loved having you. And um, you have a great day. Thank you, Ferris.